Hey, this is Pastor David. Thanks for plugging in today. I believe that this word from God will encourage you, challenge you, and help direct you toward your destiny. A new commandment I give unto you, Jesus said, that you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and understanding, and that you love your neighbor as yourself. Let's get right into the word. There's no one like our God, no one at all. Gave his son for us, Jesus the Lord. Who can love us like he does? Welcome back, friends and family. Pastor David here. Sitting to my left is my beautiful bride, Pastor Tanya. Hey, everyone. And we are talking about the message that was released this Sunday, July 31st, called Grab, Trust, Move. It was a very, very powerful message, and it was really well delivered, T. It was really well delivered. Um, I, had a, I had a blast um, listening and, and watching you preach the word, because I, I always love to watch you preach the word. I'm not the only one. I think there was lots of, lots of smiles, lots of fun <laughs> in the house. Of course, Pastor Tanya shared about this amazing, some of these amazing testimonies in this book called Miracle on Voodoo Mountain by Megan Boudreau. And uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, we'll, we'll drop the, the links below. So if you guys want to read that book, obviously it comes highly recommended. I loved it. Okay, highly recommended from, from Pastor Tanya. So in, in your message, you talked about returning to our first love. And I, uh, I'll tell you what, I always appreciate when, when pastors are willing to breach this topic. There's a couple of topics that are really like their home, their home runs for me as far as like things that I think are super, super important to our church right now. I think tithing, giving, the whole money aspect, I love it when pastors are bold enough um, we had some really, really strong, bold pastors come and teach right. us about finances and absolutely changed our lives. They were challenging messages, mm-hmm. but those messages have had the most impact on on my day-to-day life, and I couldn't be more grateful for those individuals who were bold enough to come out and say, look, I know this is uncomfortable. We're going to talk about it because the Bible talks about it. And this is another one of those topics. This is like easily in my top three, my top five, is coming back to our first love right because when when we become born again that the the overwhelming overshadowing love of god i remember when i gave my life to the lord and i i hesitate to talk about this because you can give your life to the lord and not really feel anything in the natural and that doesn't mean that you weren't born again i had a a feeling uh related to my born again experience and i felt like a a giant weight lifted off my shoulders. I, f- I felt like I had been, I didn't even know I was carrying it all around. You know, that's my testimony and it's, it's you know, somewhat unique to, to me and I'm, I'm thankful for it. But it's, it was that, it was this first impression. You know that saying, you never get, you never get a second chance at a first impression? Yeah. It was like God's first impression on me. And it was so it was so great. And I was a young person. I was a young teenager when I, when I became born again. And the, the weight of sin that had, I had been carrying, when that lifted off of my spirit, I could feel it in, in, in the natural. And I, I like to think about it even today, even you know all these years later, I hate to reveal how many, but <laughs> all these years later, uh, when I think about it, I still... I still get those same kind of butterflies in my stomach. It was my, he's my first love. Mm-hmm. He's my first love. 
And often, way too often, we get caught up in the things of the world, the, the struggles of life. Maybe we lost somebody we love. Maybe we went through a divorce or lost a really good job. And like the stuff of life just beats us up sometimes. Mm-hmm. And we lose sight of our first love. And, and you so pointedly brought us back to uh, Revelations chapter 2 and verse 4. It says, I have this against you that you left your first love. God's saying, you left me. Mm-hmm. You, you walked away from me. Like I, I delivered you from this great, great heaviness and, and you walked away from me. And I think every Christian can agree that prayer is important. We talked about it in our last segment Absolutely. about how important prayer is, the effectiveness of prayer, prayers that for prevail, hope and, mm-hmm. and prayer. So tell us, how is our prayer life and remaining true to our first love? How are those two things connected? Uh, to, to make it easy, it's just the talking and the listening. It, there's another... Um, Another version in the Bible that says, uh, I believe it, it's the New Living Translation, where in that scripture, he says, you don't love me like you used to. Wow. And that, wow. to me, that that is something that is just huge. Like, we hear that with, with husbands and wives. You don't love me like you used to. And, and a lot of times, there, there's a communication problem in there. There's a communication rift and I think with prayer that, that it's so important to bring that communication back to God and to bring it honestly and raw. It, it's not in the, the way that you, you decorate your words as far as the these and the thous. And, you know, God speaks your language, but bringing him your honest heart and, and talking to him. I remember when, when my husband and I, Pastor Dave, he's here. When we first started dating, we would be, he would call me and we would be on the phone till like three o'clock in the morning, just talking and talking about everything and talking about nothing. And when I was first saved, when I first gave my heart to the Lord, I did the same thing with him. We talked, we talked about everything and we talked about nothing. And, and I told him everything that was important and everything that wasn't important. And I just shared everything that was in my heart. And then as I grew and matured, God, maturity has a way of just beating the excitement out of us, doesn't it? It sometimes? does. It really does. As I grew and matured, I got like used to, used to it and, and used to, I guess, used to his presence to where I stopped talking as much because I knew his presence was there. But that I didn't understand that that excitement, that flame was, mm. was starting to dissipate and remaining true to my first love. I had to, to come back to him in, in that excitement, in that, hey, Lord, I'm talking to you about nothing. But this is what's on my heart right now. And to be excited to share with him that everything that I am, that everything that is me, and to be able to talk to him about the everything that is him. And the little thing, hey, Lord, I saw a butterfly today, and I just want to thank you for its wings because they were so pretty. And I was getting kind of grumpy, but, man, those colors cheered me up, and you created that. It's the little, it's the little things. And a lot of times in our prayer life, it gets so just stagnant that we're just thanks for the day and for the food. And it's so boring, Mm -hmm. but prayer shouldn't be boring. Like prayer should change you. Prayer should shift your mood. And if you, if you want to like get into the word and see some prayers that shift your mood, man, go to Psalms because so many times David starts out whining and then he's talking to God and he's just sharing his heart. 
and he preaches himself into a good mood. Yeah, what is it the Bible says? It's, it's the little foxes that spoil the vines. Right? It's those little things. And it sounds to me like when you were talking about how you're kind of, you started off like on fire and then realized you weren't talking to God quite as much. Right. Like it, it sounds to me like that didn't happen overnight. Like it was somehow this kind of slow, in, incipitous thing that was occurring day by day and week by week and maybe even trial by trial, the stuff of life that was starting to a- accumulate? It was uh, the stuff of life accumulating, but also me taking his presence for granted. Okay, so it's like along the lines of that, um, what's that old adage, uh, familiarity breeds contempt? Right, right. Okay, so you're just getting familiar with his presence and like, oh, you know what? He knows that I like this butterfly. I don't, I don't need to tell him that I like this exactly, butterfly. Exactly. But he wants to know, doesn't he? He definitely wants to know, and he wants to hear your heart about it, to hear you be grateful, to hear you be excited. If you ever look at a little kid's face when you sing happy birthday to them, oh, man, they just light up. That song is for them. And to see their reaction of of how happy they are and them blowing out their candle, it's the same thing with the Lord when we bring him our grateful heart for the little things. Absolutely. I like to say that the Lord is a perfect gentleman. Like he, he will never just interrupt. He'll never, he's the perfect gentleman. So what's interesting about that is you might think, wow, this, I'm just going to use your butterfly analogy. Wow, this butterfly is, is beautiful. And you don't say anything about it because you've become disjointed somehow from, from your relationship with him. But then when you do, when you do engage in those small conversations, this is when I have the most exciting conversations with the Holy Spirit. So in your example, you're like, you look at this butterfly and you go, wow, that, those colors really bless me. That's a beautiful butterfly. And then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit's like, hey, you know, the thing about butterflies is, mm-hmm. and then he starts to teach you about, so like he's the perfect gentleman. Like it was, it was right there. That, that gold nugget was just waiting for you. Yes. And all you had to do was engage in conversation with him. I like to say that we can't get lazy about responding to God and we have to respond to his presence properly. Mm -hmm. And so when we acknowledge his presence, that's when that's that's when growth happens. That's that's when the beauty happens. We'd speak to him like, hey, Lord, this butterfly is awesome, man. Thanks for opening my eyes so I can see it. And then listening, because when I stop and I start to listen, I get the you know, the things about butterflies right, is... Right, So acknowledging his presence. Mm-hmm. Responding to it. And then, yeah, responding and listening. Yeah. That's the proper response. Exactly. That's the proper response. Okay, so how is reading the Bible and remaining true to our first love? How do those, how do those two things relate? I remember when I was, um, when I was newly saved... And I was, I, I didn't grow up in church. So, um, you know, I, I was born again at 26 years old. Um, I had lived a lot of life, uh, quote unquote life, beforehand. But when I started reading the Bible, I started learning about what I have access to that I didn't know that through Christ I have access to. Man, that opened up my eyes so much. I started learning about all these people and they weren't stories. They weren't bedtime stories anymore. They were accounts of people's lives. Like this stuff actually happened. God actually did this for these people. And if he did it for them, he'll do it for me. And the Bible tells us like she who's been forgiven much loves much. And I've 
I've been forgiven much. And I just needed to get these stories in me that that because, you know, I had been forgiven much, but in my brain, I had much to forgive, which made me completely unworthy. And I am. But Christ loves me through that. He loves me anyway. And just seeing these accounts of people's lives of how he loved them and knowing that he loves me and that he holds me in that same in that same hand and, and in that same heart. To me, reading the Bible, it went so much more than just reading. This was life to me. And so when I read my Bible, I need to not come to it familiar with that like familiarity breeds contempt kind of heart. I need to come to it with that new birth kind of heart, like, Lord, look at how beautifully you love me. Look at what you did. Look at the the miracles that you created and look at all these great things that I have access to. And if I come to him with that childlike heart, with that excitement and that, that love for his word and that need for his word, then it it doesn't grow stagnant in my life. It grows a garden. Right. It's like there's a real sense of awe and, and wonder. Yes. Like that wonderment, which is also related to what you talked about on Sunday is the difference between between being childlike and childish. Right. And I think it's also interesting that, you know, you, you didn't grow up in the church, born again in your, in your early 20s. Uh, I did grow up in the church, and I was born again as a young teenager. And... I remember I was I was an angry, spiteful, ornery, hurt teenager. I was so mad at everything and and everybody. And I didn't care who knew it and I didn't I didn't care how it looked and and uh I remember, you know, like my heart was a giant stone. It was easily the heaviest organ in my body. Must have weighed 30 pounds. And I remember when I got born again, it's just like you said, he's who who's forgiven much. I felt like the Lord had not only pulled me into his own and accepted me as one of his own, but I felt I felt so overwhelmed by the amount of of forgiveness yeah. that he had for me that I knew that I was going to spend the rest of my life serving him. In, in every way, every way possible. And I grew up in the church. I grew up knowing about God and just is interesting because when we become born again, I grew up in the church, but just because you grow up in the church doesn't make you a Christian. Right. And and so here I am just newly born again. And it's it's one of the greatest mysteries and one of the greatest benefits is that when we become born again, we we actually enter into a relationship, a real and genuine and authentic mm-hmm. relationship with the God of heaven. Isn't that amazing? It is. It's amazing. It, like God becomes your daddy. Jesus becomes your older brother. The Holy Spirit's like your best friend. And I mean, all of them are God. Yeah. But they, they want to relate with you. And, and obviously, you know, God says he disciplines the ones that he loves. So it's mm-hmm. it's not like it's like this perpetual bliss or this uh, perpetual honeymoon. But, uh, you know, you you can rejoice. The Bible says only, only a fool despises discipline. That, you know, discipline is something that happens for us. Right. I, it's what I was just going <laughs> to say. I know that discipline happens for my safety. So what are what are some things that I can do right now and habits that I can develop to really keep my heart from growing cold? But I want to say it this way. How, how What kind of things can I do right now that will help me to grow in, in my relationship with God? Well, for me, worship is, is big. 
in, in worshiping him. Um, and I don't mean just like singing songs or listening to, you know, worship songs on the radio. I mean, worshiping him as in, in talking to him about him, talking to him about his goodness and, and the, the things that you see around you that you attribute to his goodness. I know for some people, it helps them to say, I'm going to set aside this hour to pray and to get in my prayer closet and to seek the Lord. And, and that's fantastic is to make that time. Uh, for me, I, I start my day in conversation with the Lord and I don't end it at in Jesus name. Amen. Like my whole day is in conversation with the Lord. And however you can make time, like make time, make time to converse with him, um, to have talks with him, to tell him something that, you know, quote unquote, he doesn't know about you. And then listen for him because he's got a lot to say too. Um, and give him that um, honor and respect and love and and just that time to hear his voice. Like work on your relationship with him. Not just the the yes, no, go, don't go, can I have? But the actual, I love you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, you are so good. Yeah, relationships are, are organic. Mm-hmm. And you should treat it or- organically. I like to say that the natural mirrors the supernatural. The supernatural is actually a, a higher form, higher right. place. And when I look at my relationships here on earth and how to grow and deepen my relationships, some of those things I can apply to my relationship with God. Are there any other ways, like a, like your Tanya Vidal's top three ways uh, to, to grow close to the Lord? Get to know him, which means get in your word. Because that's where you're going to find him mm-hmm. is in his word. We have to be careful with with that. Um, just getting in his word because that's where we get to know him. Not what people say about his word, but what his word says yep. about him. So get in your word. Pray, which is that converse, talking with him. And then worship, saying how good he is. Speaking it out. Bringing him more than just somebody else's lyrics and music. But what's on your heart when you're worshiping God, bringing that to him and laying it down and saying, it's all for you, God. The message is called Grab, Trust, Move. It was released by Pastor Tanya on July 31st at Strong Tower Church in Casper, Wyoming. And you can find that message in the archives on YouTube by typing Strong Tower Casper in the search bar. Thanks again for listening. Without your faithful support, we wouldn't be able to do the work that God has called us to. If you know someone who would be blessed by what you just heard, please pass this along. At Strong Tower, we believe that you are a unique expression of God's love and creativity, and we consider it an honor to be a part of your journey. There's no one like-